0: To the Bundesliga show, brought to you by Over the Bar. Tuning in for a match week two review, uh, joined by well, it's the three Musketeers back in uh, uh, in for a bit of uh, Bundesliga chat. So looking forward to getting stuck in, gents. Uh, how are we doing? Uh, I believe it's not a bank holiday over in Germany, so you'd have been hard at work today rather than myself having a, a lazy day uh, to kind of review and get up to speed on my Bundesliga notes.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been it's been a good day over here in the Bundesrepublik. The, um, the weather's taken a bit of a turn for the worse, though, to be honest, I've got to say, yeah, we've got a really nice summer in general, but we're getting the British weather now, a little bit of that at the moment.
0: Peter, how's things on your end?
2: Doing wonderful gentlemen, another wonderful, uh, it's wonderful to be back in the Bundesrepublik, I, I can't tell you how overjoyed I am to be so, and it's it's always a pleasure and a privilege to, uh, to share this space with you and talk about the world's best footballing beat, we had another great weekend, so.
0: We did, yeah, there was lots of exciting games, um, so yeah. Same structure as last week. Uh, hopefully be even more succinct and smooth. Uh, we haven't got any audio problems, touch wood, uh, this week. Um so yeah, we're all we're all set to get going. Uh, before we do so, um all the usual little bits and bobs first and foremost please do smash a thumbs up and a like on this video uh, this evening uh, smash a thumbs up for your team if they've done well uh, don't put a thumbs down if they did badly though because we don't want that um comment along if you've got any questions uh, in regards to tonight's show if you've got any particular comments in regards to how your team's done or the ordering of our featured four this evening and of course smash that red button and subscribe to the channel uh as well you can take us beyond the 1000 marker as we have now fantastically hit 1000 subs on uh, on youtube uh really great news for the channel uh, as a whole and everyone that contributes to it so yeah really really thankful for everyone that subscribes and has subscribed and will subscribe in the future uh it's all excellent and you know we love the community that we're building uh so onwards and upwards to to 2k and then i'm sure we'll be a million in no time watch out ksi and uh and co um <laughs> but anyway less of that and more of bundesliga um so uh well, well we'll kick off with our our fourth most exciting game of the weekend um the the fourth place game i think was a bit of a tricky one and me and mark i um, ummed and erred about this one as to which game we were going to kind of throw in there. There's a couple couple of others that probably get honourable mentions, but we've, uh, yeah, we've gone for, thank you very much for the congrats. Um, yeah, it's lovely, lovely landmark and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep on pressing on. But anyway, yeah, the fourth place game we're going for uh, this evening is Bayern 3, Augsburg 1. Um, and yeah, it's a tricky one to put in there, but I think there's probably a lot to talk about um, in relation to buy-in still. Um, we had Alsborg as our top, uh, part of our top um, two last weekend, didn't we, with the, with the 4-4 match, and we found quite a lot uh, of difficulty trying to extract what to um, take from that game from an Alsborg point of view. But um, if we're talking about the game, gems, I think, you know, from a buying perspective, they... They just kind of accelerated uh as and when required during this match. Uh, you know, it was a a game that sometimes kind of drifted at times. I was tweeting about it um whilst watching, and, and sometimes I did find it a little bit sticky in patches, but um, you know, Bayern have now got that X factor uh in, in Harry Kane to finish off those chances. Uh not that they don't necessarily always finish off their chances, but you know Kane has now bagged uh, three three goals now in his first first two matches, and is starting to sync up quite well and get on the end of uh, you know assists from Alfonso Davies and co. Uh, Mark, first of all, what did you make of um, this match in general, uh, and from a buying point of view, are you uh, are you starting to see any patterns in relation to the link up of Mr. Harry Kane?
1: Yeah, I don't think it was a classic match. This one, to be honest, and I think uh, first thing I've got to say is I've got to like, give a lot of credit to the away side Augsburg. I thought they played really well in the game, actually, especially in the first half an hour. They made it. A lot of people were saying this could be a five-six-nil thrashing, to be honest. Which is, but it, it was never that kind of game. I thought Augsburg started really well. I thought Demirovic had a really good game as well. Uh, I thought Barisha was a lot better as well, linking up that play. And, and early on, you know, they had a few chances, n- namely through uh, Demirovic. But another thing we've got to mention is that the opening goal was very, very unlucky on Augsburg as well, to be <laughs> honest. It was just one of them. And as I say, I think they've been the better side until 32 minutes went by and opened the scoring through that own goal from Udukaya. And I just felt as though, you know, it hit the post, hit him again and then just trickled over the line, didn't it? It's the kind of goal that only ever seems to go for the big teams. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those, really. And it, it was a poor goal to concede. And then, to be honest, even the second goal, I mean, it was Dosh with his hand high. These days, it is a penalty. But it, it was another, basically, Bayern had done nothing and they were 2-0 up, as far as I'm concerned. You know, Harry came with a brilliant penalty. All England fans know despite that penalty that he took against France, guys, yeah, that he is a great penalty-taker in general. How
0: rely on? you? 2-0 up,
1: having done very, very little, to be honest. But, I mean, that's the power of Harry Kane. You know, I mean, I said when he first came in that he's, he's going to be the new Lewandowski as far as I'm concerned. Pretty much a cheat code when it comes to scoring goals. And then, yeah, his second goal was a really, really cute finish, wasn't it? It was a really nice layoff, and that, that was a beautiful finish. And, you know, that's the kind of thing we're going to expect more and more from from England's number nine. But but in general, I, you know, I, you mentioned about patterns of play. I didn't actually think Bayern were that good in this game, to be honest. And I think they've been a little bit lucky to get two comfortable wins. I think they've had a little bit of the rub of the green in both games so far. But again, that's what you got when you have got Harry Kane. Last week, when they were struggling against Werder Bremen, at times, he was the one that put that Ball in the back of the net for the 2-0. you know he scored a really good goal in this game as well. Got to say, again, Augsburg, a really nice consolation. It was probably the goal of the match, actually, the Augsburg goal. Really, really nice play from Demirovic to thread it through to Belial. But, I mean, yeah, it certainly wasn't an easy match, an easy win for, for Bayern Munich. But, you know, they, they are starting to win games by larger margins, which they weren't doing at the back end of last season. I don't know if Peter agrees with me, but I didn't think it was like vintage Bayern in this game. That, that was my view anyway.
2: Uh, no, certainly not. Um, we actually have uh, two rather laboured uh, Bayern performances to start the season. As Rory was pointing out, I think he pointed it out well, that you have sort of a stop-start Bayern uh, at this point. They're far from clicking on all cylinders. The comment from David is, is also true. Uh, uh, Mark and I delivered not one but two Augsburg watch-alongs last season. They are a very, very difficult side to predict. Uh, and uh, actually, on this channel, we probably give them uh, more coverage than the German media often does. <laughs> 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 um, you know, uh, the, the discussion as pertains to Bayern right now is what are they going to do? Uh, in Germany, the, uh, the, the phrase holding six is everywhere. That is what Thomas Tuchel wants. Uh, and is he going to get it? Is he going to get one more player before this transfer window closes? Or is he going to perhaps get two, um, the midfield pairing of Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka, the two German national team midfielders, which we were discussing last week, uh, It's my impression that these two once best friends and close mates uh, have simply their games have evolved beyond one another. And it almost seems as if they do not wish to play together anymore. Um, You know, you think back to just before COVID lockdown, when the two of them started that we kick Corona charity, that was the peak, the height of their friendship. And what happened after COVID lockdown? Well, Goretzka came back sporting 10 more pounds of muscle. He wants to be a box-to-box midfielder who, who you know rushes in there and, and scores more goals. Kimmich wants to score more goals. He doesn't want to be compared to Philip Lahm in any sort of respect. So Tuchel wants his holding six. He talks about it in press conferences and uses the English phrase. Will he get it? There are transfer rumors galore. Uh, the only reliable one that i'm thinking of right now is is lester city's wilford and Didi. uh it's possible they may be able to secure him on loan uh but we have a transfer window that's going to close in 6 days time uh, or uh, 5 days time and they need an additional midfielder um they actually they yeah oh, uh, and a keeper as pointed out i peretz is the uh, is the third choice yeah. keeper uh, that they brought in the Israeli. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Reich will, should be able to hold down the fort until until Neuer comes back. Uh, we'll get to Alexander Nubel in a moment, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it is all very interesting. Uh, one really interesting point I found in the second half was um, Comrade Leimer's, um cameo at right-back uh, because of... The, <laughs> <laughs> the um, ongoing saga with Benjamin Pavard, which I presume will be settled relatively soon. I think there are positive discussions about him uh, moving over to Inter Milan. As you say, there are lots, um, lots of uh, players being linked with Bayern in regards to the number six role. Um, hilariously, um, Scotty McTominay has also been linked uh, yes. with, with Bayern. <laughs>
2: I'm no, no, I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, friend friend of the show, Derek, you know, Derek Gray did pick up on this and he said, you know, well, we've already got a top international from England. Why can't we have one from Scotland? So he's a he's a fan. And, you know, why wouldn't he be being a being a proud Scotsman? So, you know, it'd be so very interesting to see if they did do that. But I mean, such a deal this is. McTominay goes to Bayern on loan and. And United to take Gravenberch on loan would, would be pure mythology in in my eyes. I mean, what a deal that would be for United. But anyway, um, there's lots of work for Bayern to do. As as we say, I think Ellsberg definitely held their hands up. And as Mark very correctly pointed out, with the own goal and the handball, I mean, I've no idea what Dorsch is doing on, on the edge of this area. He's got absolutely zero argument putting his arm up like that. Um, in a completely unnatural position as the game stands, uh, where it is now with the AR. Um, he only would have got away with it if he had just got outside the box, but he was inside. Um, and that's yeah, that was that. Uh, it was a good third goal for Bayern. nice build up play, and as you say, Mark, it was a good Albsboro goal as well. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll move on to to game three, and uh, yeah, so, oh yeah, well, we might as well move on to game two now, actually. Um, (laughs) Um, Tell you what, I enjoyed this game for 55 minutes, or 52 minutes, or whatever it was, Um, I'll kind of, I'll gladly pass it on to you, you two chaps, in a second, Um, but it's a hard thing to kind of, (laughs) based on the scoreline, but you know, there, there's positivity to take from Stuttgart's point of view. And uh, yeah, Leipzig didn't play well in the first half and Stuttgart played a solid game, um, weighted their chances. But Girassi could have had a hat trick in that first half. Um, he scored the you know, from the mistake in the end where Round gives the ball away and, and you know, Stuttgart are actually pressing quite high up on the times where they did choose to press. Um, and they were picky about doing that and they let and have uh, let Leipzig have the ball when when they were comfortable and got into shape, um, but I think I think the two VAR checks that didn't lead to penalties shook up Stuttgart even more so on on either side of the halves. Um, you know, the first one where Gurassi falls into um, one of the one of the Leipzig players and they go down, kind of claiming a penalty, which I thought was ridiculous. I don't know why they even bothered to check that uh and then the other one where um anton i think kicks orban in the head indirectly from a free kick which orban had headed um i kind of understand looking at that one but again clearly not a penalty and then shortly after um the yeah the equalizer came and i'll I'll maybe pass over to you uh peter for to start with this one and unfortunately the the momentum and the performance of a. Uh, Nubal, unfortunately, uh, went in the wrong direction from a VFB point of view and, and Leipzig really uh, turned up the heat.
2: Yeah, that's that's the worst news uh, for Stuttgart, that Nubal is uh, in shaky form now because he was on thin ice as it was. I mean, he's under so much pressure. He's under so much scrutiny. Um, as I was watching the game on Friday night on zone. Uh, the German broadcasters could not stop talking about him. The uh, the play by play announcer was uh, uh, begging for commentary from the color commentary uh, uh, commentator every time Nuble touched the ball, and he did make some strong saves on both sides of the half, he including good, good lord, did he was he strong as an ox on that one just after the restart. Um, but the uh, the goal that uh, broke the dam, so to speak, resulted from. Uh, what was a pretty dumb bat, uh, back pass from Dan Axel Zagadou. And Nubel, really, before he was clearing, should have had his head up. Um, there was some luck involved in that goal, obviously. I mean, Henry was just simply in the right position at the right time. And that is how the dam burst, so to speak. I don't think Nubel was at fault uh, at any uh, for any one of the other Leipzig goals, with perhaps the exception of the the Xavi-Simmons one, uh, right. in which he couldn't shut him down. Um, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, it's, it's unfortunate. They were, they were unlucky. They, of course, Sebastian hernes had to do without Enzo Milo on short notice. Lilian uh, Lillian Egloff had to come into the midfield. And I think that that more than any other player really affected Wu Zhong, the new 10 that they signed from Freiburg, who was a fabulous yeah. creative presence, uh, in the opening fixture, and uh, without Zhang really understanding uh, what he was supposed to be doing, just a little bit choppy. And there was a slight form dip for, for both fullbacks, for Ito and, and Stenzel. Um, Stenzel I, I might still be uh, worried about in the same sense that I am as, as Nubu, because these are two players who are under a lot of, of scrutiny. Two players who, uh, you know, have had their rows with the media, are controversial in their in their own respect. And for them to have a form dip could possibly have something of a snowball effect. Uh, well, what else to say, but uh, we're the luck. And, and with that in mind, I'll turn things over to, uh, to Mark for some, some Leipzig analysis. Happy to provide some myself, but Mark uh, is enthusiastic about Arbe and, and uh, their <laughs> transfer windows. So what can you tell us about uh, the German Red Bulls in this one, Mark?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the first thing I want to mention about them is I was a little bit surprised about some of the outbursts from Marco Rosa at the half-time. I think, to me, that suggested a man that was under a little bit, bit of pressure already. I think, obviously, the fact they lost that first game, they were a little bit unlucky to lose at Leverkusen last week, but I was a little bit surprised because, obviously, you know, Rosa is held in very high high regard at the German Red Bulls, and I was a bit surprised to see him that angry, you know, but whatever he did, did seem to work, but I'm not going to say it's all positive, really, what's happening at RB at the moment, because, you know, it does suggest that he's maybe not completely satisfied with what's going on at the club, because, as Rory mentioned, I mean, it wasn't even close to being a penalty, uh, that one in Mm -hmm. the first half, and he was so angry about it, uh, Rosa, and it's just... You know, and then the, when the goal goes in, obviously, the, the Henrik's goal goes in. Like, he celebrates, like you know, they just won the league. And I just think... You know, I think those are signs that maybe all's not quite right to the German Red Bulls in Leipzig at the moment. And, you know, obviously they did go on to play really well. I, I want to say that Javi Simmons I thought was fantastic in the second half. You know, he, he had a poor debut last week, but that assist for the brilliant Danny Olmo goal, which was ultimately the winning goal for the 2 1, I thought that was a beautiful goal from a Leipzig perspective. You know, Danny Olmo is going to be, he's in for a big season this year. And as is Javi Simmons, if you can filling the form from last year and obviously Opender as well getting his second goal in two weeks he seems to be a real menace in the air doesn't he? he seems to be in the right place at the right time after the looping cross came in from the side and then by that point it was game over really but yeah I think there's a lot to be positive for for Leipzig still but it's just I'm a little bit worried about David Raum at times too I, I just don't think his form has been He's disappointed me since he joined Leipzig. I'm going to be honest. I think when I saw him at Furt and then at Hoffenheim, I thought he looked, looked like a real quality player. But I'm starting to doubt him a little bit at left back. Maybe they might need an upgrade on him. If they want to really kind of achieve the big things. Um, yeah, but but aside from that, I mean, the Cam- I'm glad to see Campbell coming back into the team again today. He is a player that, for me, has always been really good in that side. You know, he played well in the the kind of um with alongside schlager as well who came back into the side for sieval so yeah there's obviously that that squad is just completely packed with quality i think that's another thing that stood out from this game i mean just look at that bench that they had in this game you know baumgartner coming off the bench timo werner shesko uh emil forsberg who's been there for years as well you know and A little bit surprising to see Poulsen start the game, but also nice in some ways. I think, you know, he he had a decent game in the second half too. But yeah, I mean, my only worry for Leipzig at the minute is the fact that, you know, I don't understand what that whole role. I don't know if you guys agree with me. Maybe you just think it was a bit of bad temperament in the moment. But to me, it kind of suggested a little bit more that maybe all's not quite right uh, in Leipzig at the moment. I mean...
0: You, you go first, Peter, and then I'll come in on this to finish it off.
2: Well, I mean, they had him rattled. Uh, they, they quite clearly did. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Rosa is, is known for, for blowing his lid. Uh, uh, that's absolutely the case. I, I think, though, I mean, the thing is, is that you, you mentioned that Rosa made the absolute uh, two right tactical decisions here in starting uh, Kevin Kampel alongside uh, Savas Schläger in midfield. You know, the problem that midfield partnership between Schlager and Seivald just was not working. Mm-hmm. And Seivald is I might what is he, twenty-two? He looks like he could be seventeen. He's he shouldn't be the <laughs> starting uh, uh, six for this game. And um he uh giving pulse the start was huge i think pulson played a, a, an incredible game he's a club man the super dane as they call him he's been with them ever since they've been in the third division i don't think he's moving to dortmund unfortunately after uh, i don't think anybody wants to move to dortmund and, and sign a one-year deal after what happened with anthony modest uh, uh last year <laughs> so I, I think that you know uh, those were the two right personnel calls and um there were, uh, I, I did some match reporting on this for Bully News and uh, a lot of post match reaction. Basically, Vili uh, Orban, uh, who is wearing the captain's armband, uh, Benny Henriks, and David, David Raum all got together in the cabin at halftime and said, We're going to win this game. You know, Raum, he's actually had a very, very good training camp. And uh, he did make that error, that passing error that led to Gerasi's, uh goal. So he's, he's he seems to be hit or miss. But um, you know, he's, uh, he's had, he's improved a little bit like, you know, Benedict Herbert is style uh, seems to maybe have similar hair loss problems over the summer as well. But, but he's, uh, I think, you know, he's a fighter and he wants that, that left back role from, from Robin uh, uh, Gosens, which we'll, we're going to get to him. Uh, but I, I think that, uh, you know, Rosa, He's a fiery coach. This is a fiery squad. You know what German football purists think about Leipzig, of course. But, I mean, they they are an excellent team. And they have a real sense of leadership, I think, in the locker room as well. And they have a coach who, I mean, he just runs this 4-2-2-2 system and, and plugs in the right things. So, I mean, they should absolutely still be considered title contenders at this point, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, picking up on the Paulson thing... Um watching the game myself and yeah, maybe it's a biased view, but mm. I honestly thought that I was quite happy with him starting ahead of mm. Sheshko or, or Werner from a you know, from a pace point of view, if Zagadou did well in the air against him mm. um for most of the game and I think Paulson came more into the game as it went on. But I think he was fairly well handled to start with, uh, personally speaking. But um obviously, you know, he, he was linked to a lot of Good things that Leipzig did overall. Um, and, he, and he played with him? The
2: <laughs> yeah, you?
0: and the, um, uh, and then one one other thing I wanted to pick up, and again, you know, you can call me biased if you want, but I, I thought the behavior of pretty much the entire Leipzig team was rubbish. Constant moaning with the ref, and, you know, obviously asking for those two penalties either side of the half. Um, you know, even when they're two one three one up, just constant flapping about um, and you know it, it was also rattling the VFB players I think noticeably because of their constant moaning it was getting on my um, nerves as well for a better word so yeah didn't particularly like that we'll, we'll kind of I'll be monitoring that as the season goes on in, in terms of their behavior on the pitch um, and obviously interesting to see maybe it's reflected from head coach as well uh, anyway uh we shall move on nice and swiftly because we've been yeah um aching over for that and I'd quite like to now leave that in uh in the back view mirror we we can move on uh and hopefully to better score lines and times for v f b uh second best match of the weekend uh we have got um our first appearance in our featured four uh, for for new boys or one of the new boys Darmstadt. um unfortunately came a cropper to ten man Union Berlin, the ever improving, the ever impressing uh, Union Berlin. Um, obviously, this you know the game started off an ideal sense for for the away side chaps with uh, yeah Goosens making his first full Bundesliga debut at uh, age 29 um, and settled in very nicely. A bit of head tennis from Darmstadt weren't able to clear the ball very well. Um, and maybe it's a trend that we'll come on to later on as we pick up on this match, maybe more from a set-piece point of view, especially. Uh, Goosens does exceptionally well, kind of uh, jogging, pa- well, knocking it inside one of his men and and then um, curls it around or through the legs of another uh, into the back of the net for 1-0 early doors. And you're thinking, yeah, it's going to be a long afternoon for Darmstadt until, uh, well, Uh, a red card that will not please Union fans and and maybe is going to be something that we're going to see a lot more during this season, chaps, because of, um, well, a couple of quick bookings for for new boy Aronson. Uh, The first of which, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, was for um, kicking the ball away in terms of a time-wasting shenanigan. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the second was a a genuine yellow for a foul on Nuremberg, or I think it was, uh, and and therefore Union, you think have got a lot of work to do going down to ten men, and then the equaliser comes really quickly—a delightful little flick uh, from old. Well, it still technically belongs to Stuttgart from uh, Luca Pfeiffer finding some form, some creativity um, for. Um, Melem to go through on goal and and prod it through for 1-1. So then you're thinking some positivity uh, for the home side and then Mark Union's know-how and set-piece authority uh, came through in the end for Goosens to then head through Behrens to get on the end of one and um, bravely Doeki as well making it 4-1 and I'll, I'll hand over to you uh, for for a bit more chat on Union's kind of uh, presence from an aerial point of view.
1: Yeah, I mean they just completely destroyed them in the air and which did surprise me a little bit because last year Darmstadt were known as a side that were really really solid defensively, especially in the air. But like, I actually saw them at Nuremberg last year and Nuremberg didn't create a single chance in that game and I I I expected better to be honest from Darmstadt and I just felt as though some of the goals they were conceding, obviously, they get back level. And as you say, it was a good goal, actually, that they equalised with. And obviously, Unión down to 10 men. We know Unión have got quality. The, the squad is packed with quality nowadays. And, you know, Unión have added to what was always a hard-working squad with some real quality. No other than uh, Goosens, who is a massive signing for them. He obviously leaps the highs to head them in front. But the the goals, I mean, the Behrens goal is appalling, if any, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just not good enough at a fighter league level, let alone Bundesliga level. You know, I mean, I think it was Riedel who just basically like pumped a clearance straight to Behrens and he couldn't believe it for his fourth goal of the season. He's not going to get an easier
0: one this year. Was it magic um, the the BFB Loney, I think it was him, wasn't it? Who, who magically, stopped yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. Stopped but it, it was
1: very, it was desperately poor defending. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, and it was that was a terrible goal to concede. I'm sorry, but and then in the second half, I mean, later already hit the post through a corner before hmm. Dukie almost got knocked out heading in the fourth goal and. Obviously, they, they hit the post as well. I mean, Darmstadt did create chances in that second half. You know, they hit a post, they missed a couple. And actually, a, a big moment was the, the save from Renner as well. I mean, that would have made it 3-2. That, that was a monster save, that one. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant save. But I mean, from an Union perspective, it's a really impressive win. I mean, you know, you won all down to 10 men away from home. A brilliant atmosphere in Darmstadt. You know, their first game back in the Bundesliga and you still end up winning 4-1. That's pretty impressive, regardless of how you do it. But I'm going to be honest, I'm very worried about that Darmstadt defence. Like, I mean, that was yeah. that was a disaster class of defending. Was, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, defense, yeah.
0: It was a defence that we lauded so much in in regards to, mm. you know, it's making the step up, ultimately, from the Zweiter to the Bundesliga. But it was a team that we thought would be built off solid defense yeah. and, and being able to nab yeah. those one nil wins. And yeah. you know, that is still yet mm. to come, no doubt. I'm sure they'll they'll sharpen up, but yeah. it was quite evident from yeah. um from set pieces. And and even you know Union did all of this even with the, that double injury, you know, in the first half to Fafana and then Geraldo Becker, the sub being subbed off. Mm. Um and Peter, anything that you picked up from from either side you know is it was a great, you know, obviously a great atmosphere, but uh, u- ultimately ended up being a, a not so pleasant first day out uh, at home for Darmstadt. Uh,
2: actually, um, <clears throat> I was surprised to learn after the match that Fofana was was not injured. Um, when uh, uh, Os Fischer sent uh, uh, Geraldo Becker on for Fofana, I thought, OK, this, is, this has got to be an injury. Because as we were discussing last week, I said that these two players are so similar, they could possibly they could be doppelgangers. Uh, but Fofana was was taken off as as part of a, uh, <clears throat> a tactical shift um, uh, because he only wanted one striker and Becker was a little bit stronger on on set pieces, uh, or excuse me, Berens was was stronger on uh, on set pieces. So what you saw on the tactical camera was there. You know, I could not believe my eyes. that Obviously, when you lose a man that early, uh, you you try to format into a five three one. But this was a ridiculous looking 5 3 1. I mean, it was split. You had Alex Kral, Geraldo Becker, Isolai Duny right up there behind Kevin Behrens. Uh, the Union press was fantastic. I mean, they they did not look shorthanded from open play at all. You mentioned that uh, the resulting three goals or uh, <clears throat> Union's further three goals did come from set pieces uh, on which Darmstadt are going to have to work very, very hard. Torsten Liebernecht has to do set-pieces, set-pieces, set-pieces on the training ground all this week because they were absolutely woeful. But uh, for Union, everything is going right. Uh, Mark brought up the Rönau save. The Danish keeper, Rüne will be very, very pleased to know, is off to an absolute scintillating start to the season. I hope he doesn't leave for the Serie A. Uh, They're, uh, you know... uh, (sighs) Kevin Barons, that is his fourth-headed goal of the season. <laughs> Kevin Barons, <laughs> um, Alex Kral, uh, who is filling in in midfield uh, for the injured uh, skipper, uh, Randy Kadira. I mean, Kral, for Schalke last season, do you, do you remember anything special that he happened to do for Schalke last season? I personally do not. Um, but he's just stepped into that. Uh, that system. And I think, I mean, Gossens, uh put it right. It's okay if you pronounce it goosens It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I, uh, Gosens is the, the German pronunciation. Um, he, in his post-match interview, of course, he's the hero of the Bundesrepublik. Everybody wants to talk about him. Um, but uh, he said, you know, that he'd only been in Union for a week, but he felt like there were, and this is an actual quote from him, certain Automatisms and mechanisms that he could easily slide into. And what I interpret that as is we all know Oz Fischer never really changes his system. Oliver Runat, he gets targeted players who are specific upgrades for Fischer's set of tactics. Uh, surprise, surprise, Fischer rotated his wing backs in and out. That's what he's going to do over the course of the Champions League season uh so i mean that's what goosens uh uh, or now you have me saying goosens goosens (laughs) said during his post-match interview he just said like this this club is it's like it's it's clockwork it's swiss clockwork it's it's oris fisher's swiss piece of clockwork that you can just slide into and you can succeed in and anybody can succeed in it we saw so many players succeed at this club we saw Marcus Ingvartsen become a star at this club. We saw Joe Payampalo uh, uh, score goals. We saw uh, Max Kruse pump up his his worth, and 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 you know uh, uh, completely obliterate all of his off the field issues with this club. It's well, th- that's all I can say. I in terms of Darmstadt, um, you know uh, they they have done their best to sort of upgrade this roster for the top flight. I should point out that Luca Pfeiffer. Not only did he hit the post uh, this week, he hit the post <laughs> last week as well. So your Stuttgart Loney, who actually had a very successful season on loan at Darmstadt before, I mean, he was a good, mm-hmm. he's a good get. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's. I think he he could have some potential in the top flight. Hopefully we'll see him succeed. Um Maglica, uh, I have not liked what I've seen from him thus far uh, Kroncic the Wolfsburg I don't like a player that Mark can probably tell you a little bit more about who I've been very very intrigued by because I've seen him start on both flanks in the two opening games this season is none other than the aptly named Fabian Nürnberger from Nuremberg, <laughs> who uh, decided to transfer to Darmstadt for some reason I don't know He it seemed to be working out for him in Nuremberg, but I, I thought he actually played a decent game, and he can—he seems to be able to operate on both flanks. Right, Mark, what do you what do you think of Fabian Nurnberger? Yeah, he was a club hero in Nuremberg. Obviously, the fact that he's he's a namesake, but he's actually
1: a Nuremberger from Hamburg. That's the only problem. (laughs) (laughs) That that would have been the perfect kind of uh, thing if he was a Nuremberger that played for Nuremberg and he was from Nuremberg, but he wasn't, unfortunately. He was from Hamburg. But yeah, I mean, he is a very versatile player. You can see him on both sides. And he was a fan's favourite. He was probably our best player for the last two, three seasons. To be honest, but a lot of people were a little bit shocked to see him leave for Darmstadt because obviously, I mean, it's one season in the Bundesliga. But I mean, yeah, I think most people thought he would stay for another year at Nuremberg because it it is a bigger club than Darmstadt at the end of the day. And I would imagine salary-wise, he's not getting that much more at Darmstadt. But obviously, he fancied a year in the Bundesliga, and you can't blame him really. But Mm Yeah, I've been quite impressed with what I've seen from him so far in a damn show. but it's going to be hard for them this season. And as you mentioned, I mean, Pfeiffer has done okay in the first two games, but he doesn't really, you know, I'm sure Rory would admit after his days at Stuttgart, he doesn't come with that much of a track record in the Bundesliga, but I mean, maybe as a a starting number nine, then he can do a little bit more. I've not seen that much from Manu so far. I mean, Malum had a good finish in the game, but... I, I just don't see enough in that roster. So on the problem is, is that what me and Rory expected when we did the preview was that they're going to be really, really solid defensively, you know, especially at home. But we saw the complete opposite. As you mentioned, Peter, I mean, on set plays, I'm not sure I've seen a worse Bundesliga <laughs> performance from set plays than they put in. In that game. I know they lost yeah. the best defender to Augsburg as well, who, by the way, hasn't been – I think he's injured. He's not been playing for Augsburg so
2: well, far. I, and their best striker as well. Yeah, they yeah. did. They lost
1: seats as well. Yeah, they lost yeah. – uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's tough. You know what I mean? It is tough. Yeah. But, yeah, as you mentioned, they've got to do a bit more work on the training ground and they've got to improve within the net. – they've probably got another two months to try and find the feet. And then if they don't start getting results, then – we're going to see them like brighter for when it was too late. By the time they started to improve, basically.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, plenty of room for improvement, but I'm sure we will see it. Look, they they were better, you know, in in their first game against Frankfurt. Uh, obviously, you know, the derby mm. and, and emotions that go with that, I suppose. But you know, they're only undone by a, a good bit of movement by Kolo Moani. Ultimate, ultimately, mm. in the end. Um, anyway, first game pick of the week. Uh, we have. Heidenheim 2, Hoffenheim 3. We thought the Bundesliga newcomers were going to have their first ever Bundesliga win when they were 2-0 up with, uh, well, what, uh, the first first Hoffenheim goal comes on 72 or 77 minutes, uh, one of the two, uh, either way around, not much time left. Uh, and ultimately, the comeback is made um but history is made for Heidenheim, their first goals in the Bundesliga um and it did come for the same player, although Bester did have to wait a little bit longer after Heidenheim were awarded a penalty uh obviously much to the delight of the home the home crowd uh but Baumann, very solid Bundesliga goalkeeper, makes the save to his right, uh, and you know keeps keeps best out. Um, later on in in the half, uh, good bit of play by the fullback. I think it was Traore uh, gets down the right hand side uh, and is fouled uh, by uh, one of the Hoffenheim new boys, uh, Butzler. Uh, and at first they thought it was another penalty, but after again a VAR check, it it ends up being a free kick on the edge of the area. Not not the most promising angle to work with either. And Bester steps up, um, quite happily and whips it in to uh, well, into the back post and in off the back post through the crowd with great pace, amazing strike, uh, to send you know the home crowd into absolute raptures uh you know absolutely bouncing the stadium was you know they they held held through the half and you know did a really good job uh and then set piece then enables them to go 2-0 up with Fry Fryringer um uh you know simple close range header not very good marking from Hoffenheim and uh very close powerful header and nothing that bowman can do from there 2-0 and again stadium is bouncing the atmosphere is rocking um, but then Peter the Hoffenheim comeback and the nerves i mean the the first goal comes from a recycled set piece as well doesn't it and and Bayer just kind of ghosts in to, to volley very centrally and it, it might that sometimes happens after a you know first first phase of a set piece happens you know who your, your man is but then it kind of goes all the way over it's recycled and then there might have just been a bit of confusion and, and from there on in it it was yeah it was hard work and, and Hoffenheim used that momentum to to go all the way through them
2: indeed um we were joking a little bit before we went on air that this might have been the best match uh, in germany that nobody saw between heidenheim and hoffenheim <laughs> Um, and it was a fascinating match on a tactical level as well. Um, uh, another thing that I was talking about before on air is the, the squad balance there in Hoffenheim. They have seven central defenders. Uh, and so, what Pellegrino Materazzo, his uh, debut tactical constellation, actually uh, featured uh, Marius Bulte as sort of a left wing back. Um, and and Bulte is off to a terrible start. Because of this positioning, uh, you know, you recall that we were singing his praises many times, particularly in his late form surge for Schalke last season. And he's off to a terrible start because he has to fill in at, uh, at left wing back here. He put Grisha Promo back there with Florian Grilich in a sort of a protective uh, double six setup. It did not work at all. Promo should be further up the field. Weghorst, Komaric, and Bebu were were scrunched close together. Kadejarbak was trying to work some sort of a split stagger with both. It was all a mess. Um, and if you contrast that with Heidenheim's, Heidenheim's tactics, are actually kind of interesting as well because, uh, to my knowledge, I think he's running uh, four of his five strikers, Frank Schmidt's strike, or four of Frank five attackers are strikers. You got Kleindienst, uh, Pieringer from Schalke, uh, Dinchi from from Bremen, uh, Besta, whom I remember from from Bremen uh, a little while. He was, I, I I think he works as a winger in the or he worked the, as a winger in the uh, in the in the second Bundesliga. And Tomala doesn't work as a natural striker anymore either. So it could be that um these are players that I remember from from way way back. But um, you know it's it's a very forward thinking constellation that Frank Schmidt has. And uh, they were able to, to knock a couple of goals out of this disorganized Hoffenheim rabble. Uh, but unfortunately, if you have that many forward players, they're going to tire out. Uh, and Matarazzo made the right tactical substitutions. The, the real hero of this match, of course, was Maximilian Bayer, who just returned to Hoffenheim from a two-year, uh, two-year loan stint with Hannover. He created uh, two chances before actually, uh, you know, and before getting a goal and and scoring an assist uh, there. Yeah, what can we? What else can I say about that? I mean, it was it was an interesting match on a tactical level. It's a shame that, and it was a fun match uh, in in how it uh, wrapped up. Just an absolute glorious finish. Uh, I think you you put it very well in, in describing that. I wonder how many people in the Bundesrepublik watched it or maybe even watched the highlights.
0: <laughs> well, it's it such an exciting game. It's hard not to.
2: Here on or here on this channel, we'll give you full coverage of the top flight, irrespective of of, of what German said. What are um what are your thoughts on on the game? I mean, it's uh, uh <clears throat> Mark, what do you think? you're a little bit Mark is More knowledgeable in the Zweite Bundesliga than myself. Yeah, I mean, Bester is a player. I
1: think we're going to be able to look forward to him this season. I thought he played really well. He actually got 12 goals and 13 assists last year from the wing uh, for Heidenheim. And I mean, the year before he was playing for Regensburg, and he he was equally as good as well. And then he got the the big move to Heidenheim, and uh, he did really, really well. And I just thought he was brilliant. I really enjoyed watching him in this game. I mean, he missed the penalty, but he showed a lot of courage. To get back and you know score that brilliant free kick, it was an opportunist effort, you know. And most people would have tried to cross the ball into the area, and that showed the skill the guy's got. He's famous for being a set play master. Really, he can take free kicks, he can cross the ball in, and. That's what we're going to see a lot from him this season. And I think in contrast to Darmstadt, I actually think, uh, you know, Frank Schmidt has already got a tune out of this roster, in my opinion. And there's no doubt that they should have been, uh, have three points on the board. And in many ways, it's a travesty that they didn't end up with. Because I actually thought they were really good. I thought Bester was superb. I also really like the player Peeringer as well. Like, I think he's looking like a player that, you know, I didn't know much about him before this season, but he looked really good and that, he, also in parts in the second half against Wolfsburg last week as well. He did really well. He took his goal well. You know, Klein Deans as well, Mr. Little Service or small service. He's going to be an interesting player as well this season. And, you know, it's uh, he's not started amazingly well, but he's obviously the talisman for this team. But I, I think there's a chance he could stay up from what I've seen so far. But... The problem is, is that you've got to be seeing that kind of game out. I mean, the way they fell apart after the 2-1 was pretty poor, in truth, you know. And I'm, I'm not fully convinced by this goalkeeper, Muller. Like, it seems to be, he, he had a good season last year, but I thought he was a little bit poor at times, in, you know, after the one Even on the first goal, could he have done a bit better there? Could he have done a bit better on the second goal after it comes off the post? I mean, it's a little bit unlucky, but... You know, you've got to be in big moments. You've got to do something really right there. And then, obviously, the retaking penalty by kramaric he showed his quality to tuck that away, you know, after being, in my opinion, pretty harshly pulled back for a retake. But, yeah, I mean, Hoffenheim deserved credit. They were under pressure at 2-0 down because that would have been two defeats out of two for them. You know, that that pales them out. But I think the problem with Hoffenheim is that I just don't see, as Peter mentioned, there seems to be no system to this team. I mean, Boulter has effectively come in to replace potentially even uh, Baumgartner. I mean, it's just not, in my view, that's uh, four number nines they had on the pitch to start that game. I mean, Krammerich, um Weghorst, Boulter and Bebu as well. They're all number nines, really, those players. And, you know, and even Grilich. I mean, Grilich, I used to rate him in his first stint in, in Hoffenheim, but he seems to be a player very much on the way down to me him I think from what I heard from other people he had an absolute disaster year at Ajax and Ajax were pretty much begging him to leave the club really by the end so I'm not sure that, that pivot's going to really work between Grilich and Promo I do like Grisha Promo as a player but I'm not sure that Grilich is going to come in and be the same player as he was and as we mentioned before they've got a whole squad of centre-backs as well and it's I don't know like, I just don't I don't like the look of this Hoffenheim team at all if I'm being honest and to be honest that that late comeback has bailed them out big time to be honest really because they've not had a good year of transfer business and I think they're going to be down in the bottom half this year that's my view anyway
0: yeah I I do not disagree um with with everything that's been said there um being bailed out sounds about right, and Heidenheim will be desperately disappointed. And hopefully, the emotion doesn't get to them too much, and they can bounce back. But I think they've got Dortmund away on Friday night, so it doesn't get any easier. Um, but anyway, we'll um, we'll just skip uh, or uh, really rush through our best of the rest section. So what we did last week, we just wanted to pick one headline, basically uh, between all three of us. Um, I'm going to kick off, and it's not necessarily about the game. Um, but I'm slightly worried about Frankfurt. Um, so they have been rather uninspiring to start with. Um, they obviously got the last-minute equaliser, some good work by Mbimbe, the substitute, setting up Marmoush for 1-1. Ultimately, mine should have killed the game yonks ago. Um, and it was a good character. But the Lindstrom deal is, is here we go from Fabrizio. If it's not already official, it basically is. So Lindstrom will be leaving um and there's confidence that cool Moani has played his last game for Frankfurt as well and I worry for them not in the sense of being relegated but I worry in the sense of their you know prospects this season if if and when they both go how they replace them um the PSG um youngster uh it, it-, 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 it has been um you know said that he's possibly going to be a replacement but you know how well does that go so yeah that that's my little snippet i'm slightly worried about how frankfurt are going to go top Moller, obviously is you know fresh into the into the the big role you know the big daddy seat so to speak so yeah i'm i'm intrigued to see how how well you know the rest of the season goes to them and you know particularly how well they bounce back if they do indeed lose Kola on top of Lindstrom. So that's that's my little headline. Uh, Mark, I'll come to you for a little snippet.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I just want to draw attention to Wolfsburg, what they're doing at the moment. I, I actually enjoyed their performance. I thought they played some beautiful football at Cologne. I mean, the first half in that game was basically, a, in my view, a masterclass from Schweber. You know, he kept them in the game, the yeah. Cone in the game. Obviously, Val Schmidt scored a really nice... Goal as well to make yeah. it one 0 He's not everybody's favourite player, Val Schmidt, but he did take that goal very well. Um, yeah, uh, but then I mean the bottle and the quality that uh, Wolfsburg showed to come back. They weren't doing that at times last season when they conceded the first goal they were generally losing games, and they played really pretty football. You know, Jonas Vind is a player that I've rated for a while, to be honest. I really do like him a lot. He's got four goals from his first two games. I think he's in for a big season this year, if he can stay injury-free. I know that Wolfsburg are looking for another striker after the injury of uh, Nemecha, but for me, Vind is the man. You know, he He's the man this year, and Vimmer had a good game despite missing a few chances, but he's a player that, you know, is building on a, a half-decent first season last year, and you know, maybe
0: Niko Kovac is finally starting to get things right at Wolfsburg. Indeed. Watch out for Wolfsburg. And Peter, what's your little snippet from the weekend? Uh,
2: congratulations to Maximilian Philippe for scoring a dramatic late uh, winning goal uh, upon his return to Freiburg against the club he played on loan for last season that didn't want to keep him. <laughs> congratulations to Jonas Vind, who has uh, scored all of Wolfsburg's goals this season Uh Wind is blowing away the competition in the Bundesliga. And uh, <laughs> congratulations to, uh, I deeply appreciated the Riviera Derby. Not everybody's favorite match, but uh, it was a highly intense match there between Bochum and Dortmund at the Von owyk uh, full of crunching tackles and, and uh, just absolute brave football, uh, mostly from Bochum, but uh, Dortmund showed me some things as well that was quite entertaining.
0: Very good, very good. Right, well, we've still got a few minutes left, and uh, uh, to much, much popularity and, uh, well, calls for it to come back, we're going to finish off with Peter's kiosk club. Um, so, Peter's going to run us through some of the headlines from Germany's top um, tabloids, uh, so he'll, he'll run us through it, so he'll talk everyone through it, obviously, from a, Um so anyone that's not, obviously... Uh, Viewing on YouTube and listening to the podcast, he shall verbally spell it all out for everyone. So over to you, Peter.
2: First. Uh Yes, I thank uh, all of the viewers for the comments and the positive feedbacks on this segment. It's, it's great to know that there are fa- uh, fellow paper and print junkies out there uh, who support journalism, uh, support good journalism. We're going to start with the tabloid, though, of course. We're going to start with Sportbild and uh, Robin Gossens is the story of the day. Uh, we're going to take you to uh, Sherwood Forest and give you Robin Good. Uh, they've, uh, <laughs> a non, YouTube viewing audience. Uh, they've done a fabulous job mocking him up with his bow, his quiver, and his uh, Robin Hood men in tights hat. So, uh, <laughs> just well done on the sport build for that. Uh, the Süddeutsche today also ran with uh, Golsen's. He is uh, the Chameleon. This was uh, in reference to that post-match interview that I was speaking about earlier. He is a hero of the Bundesrepublik. As Rory mentioned, 29-year-old Bundesliga debutant. He's been wanting to move to the Bundesliga his entire career. He is a Emre rhein native who was rejected by Schalke. <laughs> and before he caught on in the Syria transfer rumors galore about him coming there. The kicker is also running with uh, FC Union, Plötzlich Platz Hirsch, which the alliteration does not translate, but uh, it is um, suddenly top dog, FC Union Berlin. And the alliteration continues here uh, as you open up the kicker and uh, the Unerwartet Überflieger or the unexpected high flyers. Uh, Germany is celebrating Union Berlin. They are in first place, uh, courtesy of Gold Differential. We sung their praises quite a bit last week on the pod. We'll be singing their praises many more times this season, I assure you. Um, The uh, Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung uh, ran a a piece on Bayern's title challengers, and the headline is uh, Jenseits von Vizekussen." And we did not refer to Leverkusen uh, in this part specifically, but it should be noted mm-hmm. that they absolutely destroyed Gladbach in the Saturday Night Topspiel. Victor Boniface yes. grabbed his first brace. Uh, Sportbild called it the Boniface Bonbon since brace in German is Doppelpack. Um, but uh, he had a fantastic game. Florian Wetz had a fantastic game. Granit Zaka is amazing. Alexander Gemaldo is great. Nathan Teller has been signed. Joseph Stanis is there. I don't know what they're going to do with all of these good players other than contend for the title. Uh, the local Badische Neue Nachrichten went with the party crash in Albregen. That is the Hoffenheim-Heidenheim match that we were just talking about. Um, I wanted to bring out that the, uh, the Badische Neue Nachrichten-Zeitung also noted that Oliver Kahn attended the Karlsruhe match this weekend, and the editorial uh, page is practically begging him to come back to Karlsruhe. Kind of like saying, you know, you lost your job at that Wall Street brokerage firm, but you can always come back to McDonald's. But oh well. <laughs> last, last but not least, um, for the Englishman, uh, we do have, I mean, the, Harry Kane has scored three goals. He's off to a good start. Um, he could. Uh, you, you should keep in mind that Robert Lewandowski only scored 17 goals in his first uh, year in a Bayern Tricot. So we could, uh, he could definitely be... We're not going to have a, 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 a Torschutzen-König race like last year where we have Nikolaus Furukog winning with, what was it, 16 goals. Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of goal scorers in the Bundesliga this year, uh, but Kane is probably going to be the best. The way that the, uh, the Bild described it here on Monday morning is... Elfa und Schlenzer, Elfa being the elf the the penalty, and Schlenzer being a, uh, uh, how would you describe that? Uh, uh, oh, a, a sensation, a surprise, maybe a tracer bullet, because that was a great finish from him. Uh, it was a great assist from Alfonso Davies. It was a great ball, but very good finish uh, with Harry Kane giving us a taste of what uh, we're in store for here in the Bundesliga. Don't forget, Harry Kane's official intro music is from the 80s metal hair band, the Scorpions. Rock you like a Harry Kane. And uh, uh, the Scorpions also wrote Winds of Change. A lot of people don't know that, you know, Winds of Change. <laughs> Jonas Wynn's interest uh, uh, music as well. That's, that's all for the key. Much. Thank you guys for, for supporting this segment. And I, I look forward to doing it again next week.
0: Top man. Thank you very much, Peter. That's brilliant. Uh That will bring us to a um, delightful end for this evening. So thank you to everyone that's tuned in and watched with us this evening, or if you're watching in the morning or whenever you're watching it, we appreciate you all um, for listening and, and joining in. So uh, yeah, it's been a very good uh second week of the Bundesliga. We look forward to match week three immensely. And so I shall hand over to Mark to close up for this evening.
1: Yeah, so if you enjoyed what you saw tonight, check out our Twitter at over the Bar FB and at over the Bar Extra. Also check out our main site, which is OTVfootball.net. I almost said it wrong there, guys. Yeah, and then don't forget to keep liking, commenting, and subscribing. We are up and over a thousand. We can't believe it. We're we're still recovering from the champagne party after we, we hit the target <laughs> on I think it was early on Saturday morning we hit the big target, actually. It was a great way to start the weekend. But yeah, keep keep going. You know, we're already up another ten or so since then, so it's fantastic news. But you know, keep telling your friends about it. We want to be on two k, three k, ten k hundred k. I think we even get one of those gold plaques if you get to hundred k. So yeah, <laughs> so that's what we want to have on the back here at some point. So yeah, guys, keep <laughs> telling your friends and uh, keep enjoying our stuff. And
2: we'll see you later in
1: the week, guys.
2: Ciao, ciao, bye, bye, guys. Cheers. A